Welcome to the Gridiron Crew podcast, an NFL podcast made in Scotland by NFL lovers. You're listening to the Preview Crew, and I'm your host, Keith McGinty. I'm joined by some of our finest crew members for this preview of week 16. Fresh from playing the sexy Kurt Russell Santa and his kids' Christmas party, join me tonight is Stu Bell. Stu, how are we this evening? I'm absolutely Baltic. It's even colder today than it was on Tuesday. Uh, we're, we're dealing with minus 45 degree wind chill. Um, it's, it was minus 36, I think, like actual air temperature this morning. And my car was not happy about starting, even though it had its wee blanket on. And it was plugged in all night to the block heater. Yeah, I don't know if you guys know what that is. Uh, but what that does is it helps it flow around your engine. But anywho, needless ah. to say, this morning, oh, much like myself. So tell me, you said Fahrenheit, what was that? Minus, minus oh, 30 no, Fahrenheit oh. or minus 30 Celsius? Celsius, minus, minus 36 <laughs> Celsius. Uh, but as Danny revealed on uh, the Tuesday podcast, just if anybody missed that, uh, minus 40 is where it actually equalises. So uh, if, mm-hmm. you, if you get a wind chill of minus 40, um, it's the same in Fahrenheit as it is in Celsius, but not Kelvin. I've seen... I've been talking in Kelvin. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that episode of QI as well. And uh, that's the dulcet tones of uh, Mr. Brian Donlin. He's the crew's very own Bellsnickel. How are we tonight, Brian? I have no idea what a Bellsnickel is. I, I'm not sure if I'm in, I'm not sure if I'm uh, if, if I'm pleased or upset at that reference. He, he's not seen the uh, sexy Kurt Russell Santa movie. That's the second I, one. Bellsnickel's one of the most clever. And the ingenious um, members of the the elfin community. So oh, I think in, that that's case, a... in that case, I'll take I'll take it as a I'll take it as a compliment. Thank you very much, sir. No, I'm I'm, I'm very well. Uh, the Christmas holidays have started in Chateau Donlin, so we're uh, pleased and enjoying the the big build up to to the festivities at the weekend. So uh, both both NFL and seasonally uh, festivities. So yeah, uh, loving life at the minute. Delighted to be back on the pod and share my wisdom that is entirely unquestionable and in every way reliable. Just as just as reliable as Danny's, as we discovered in <laughs> last last pod, that everything Danny reads online is a fact. Um, which, to be fair, means I'm going to send Danny some very interesting Wikipedia links at some point just to broaden his worldview. Um, but yes, no, I'm I'm buzzing, delighted to be here. Uh, yeah. Looking forward to chatting some NFL boys. Yeah, like you, so, I have also started my my Christmas holidays um, today. That's me finished up um, school for the the Christmas holidays. My wee boy though, he's in tomorrow, so um, I hope he can get himself up, fed, washed, and down to school on time. Um, so uh, that's turned the, the alarm off already. So I, I'm looking forward to <laughs> a fantastic festive period. I've already had the the wee word in my ear that um, this is our baby's first. Um, Christmas, our youngest son. So, um, when I was saying, oh, they've moved all the the Sunday games basically to Saturday. So there's umpteen games on the Saturday. Going, that, that's Christmas Eve. You'll be watching Christmas movies with us. So I've got the headphone <laughs> in, my phone on at the side, try to catch up with the, all the the games as they're going. Slightly more worrying there, Keith, is that you had to be reminded that it was your child's first Christmas. <laughs> it's g- generally something that's just expected that you realise on your own. As it is the, the festive period, we thought we'd go for a wee festive um, question to kick off um, tonight. So it's in time now for the inaugural Christmas dinner draft. Um, so earlier today I made a draw to see who would get to go first with their, their pick for Christmas dinner. And it gave me the following order. So Stu, you're getting to go first with uh, your Christmas Feast what you would have first on your plate, then it'll be myself, and then it'll be Brian. I, I'm waiting to see how Stu goes um, with his, his first pick. If it's anything like his draft for our fantasy teams with uh, no running backs, then it'll be quite interesting. Stu, take it away. So uh, there's a lot of pressure on here with the first pick overall. I mean, it's a mm. basically statement. One hundred and one. A statement about the entire meal and how it's going to go how it's all going to come together. So, you know what? I'm actually, I'm going to go a little bit off board. I'm going to go with my <laughs> back tactics, kind of similar. And you go for the thing, the tight end type position. The one the one thing on the Christmas dinner that can't be replicated or replaced by anything else with the first overall draft pick 
of this inaugural Christmas, <laughs> Christmas draft, I would like to select Gravy. Oof. He's picked a kicker. He's picked a first round. 101. I'm, so, I'm sorry, Brian. Because, I mean, you know what? No matter what you take after this point onwards, my gravy will make anything that I take better. Any, <laughs> works with it. Any veg, the gravy works with it. The stuffing Dude. makes it better. You your chipolatas <laughs> makes it better. We've always said that your gravy was special, Stu. We've always said it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. Sprouts in the second round to just to, to elevate them uh, with, with special gravy. I, I've got the second pick. Um, I think um, this, there's, there's no real choice here for me. It's, it, it has to be done. I'm going to go for Pigs in Blanket. And guys, you can't see this. I'm actually standing with a, 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 a Greg's <laughs> t-shirt holding it up me. with a Greg's hat on. <laughs> uh, I'm going for Pigs in Blanket for this one. Um that's that's just the best bit. It's you can have sausages and bacon all year round, but there's something that makes it that wee bit special when it's cold outside, a wee bit icy, and uh, you're feeling a wee bit bloated already. To stuff and force down those extra wee pigs and blankets is just the, it's the, what memories are made of. Ken, what would make those better, though, Keith? Gravy. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, hang on, hang on, guys. He's, 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 he's He's only give me five thing? minutes. I'm in, I'm, I'm in the phone to Houston. I'm trying to trade my pick. Uh, <laughs> I'm, 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 try, I'm, I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get a couple of value picks in the in the, the fourth and fifth. See what I can do here. <laughs> oh, uh, it's, it's, a pick. It's, a, it's a high quality pick. It's a high quality pick. Keith, you've sniped me. You've sniped me, sir. Mm. That would have been mine. Uh, with, with, a, with a third pick in the inaugural Christmas dinner draft, Brian Brown's Donlin selects roast potatoes. Nice. And <laughs> in, in the in the goose fat, but it's got to be in the goose fat. They've got to have been done Good well. Trap yeah. Hold on. Hold do, on do, 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 do you know I consider the cover the wind, Stu? Do you know I cover the wind? Pigs and blankets. Pigs and blankets. <laughs> <laughs> so, Keith, I think we need a commissioner rolling here. I feel like adding goose fat onto the potatoes, that's an unacceptable move. Goose fat should be its own selectable item that comes oh. later. I know Canada's need... different. <laughs> but no, roast potatoes, I think that is a good selection as well, though, because I will say, I asked uh, Morvin, my three-year-old daughter, this morning, I was saying to her, I was talking about how we're having this draft, and um, I'd said to her, like, oh, what would you take first round? And the first thing she said was potatoes. She might not yes. have said roast potatoes, but... She said potatoes, so I feel that that is an extremely valid first round pick. So See, well done. Uh, I've got I've got to go potatoes in, in honor of my my reasonably long since past now uh, Nana, who genuinely thought that like roast potatoes, boiled potatoes, mashed potatoes, potato croquettes, and potato waffles were all different enough that you could have them all on the one plate. So that one <laughs> that, 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 that that one goes out to that one goes out to Nana Donlin. You know, God rest her. Uh, so that one goes out to her. <laughs> Uh, she's a woman after morning. Carbs. That was nice, you. Yeah, you'd be so supportive of your your daughter coming out as a vegan at such an early early age. That's, that's quite nice. Loves, that's quite. But she loves sausages as well, so she would have been all about the the pigs and blankets too. There you go. Yeah, that's good. That's good balanced diet. That's what we need at this time of year. Let's get into it then. Let's get into it. So for for this week, last week was such an incredible weekend of football for us to, to watch and enjoy. I think it's a Saturday games just had that extra wee element to it. Um, it was incredible. There's no worrying about staying up too late and absolutely bleeding in and affecting the rest of your week like it usually does for us, especially as teachers. But um, it was just so much tension, so much drama. It's just why American sports are, are just translate so well to movies. Um, as opposed to like the, the the football that we love over here, it was wonderful to see, and I think we're in for another absolute treat of a weekend. Looking at the the full schedule, all thirty two teams will be taking place, and we couldn't really whittle it down to three teams, the or three games to to watch, to pick for this week. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a wee look. We're going to focus on the the playoff picture because this is the 
the business end of the season. This is where the everything that you've done beforehand really, really comes in. It's also the time where the past couple of weeks, teams have just been starting to put a few runs together. Teams that have started off well are starting to slip. Um, so what we're going to focus on then is have a wee look at these teams and we've got to see who we think might be secure in their playoff place. Who do we think might actually sneak in and get a wee spot? But we'll start off with our own teams. And Stu, I'm going to come to you first. Um, what do you think the the playoff picture is going to look like for the Cincinnati Bengals? Well, I think, I mean, we, we have a bit of an outside shot uh, at getting the the FC title and getting the, the first week by. But as much as I would love to say that that's what's going to happen, uh, I would say... It's a big it's, outside it's, shot. It's, it's pretty tough sledding because, <laughs> Before the Pats, uh, then after that, we have the Bills and the Ravens to go. And by then, Lamar's definitely going to be back. And the division will be on the line because um, mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. still pretty close to us in the standings. So we'll see. But um, I think, honestly, I think we're going to clinch the division. Um, I think we're probably going to be third seed. So that'll put us playing sixth, which is what well, that's one of the wild cards, isn't it? So mm-hmm. I can see us either playing. Somebody like Miami, which would be a fun game. Uh, we all have the home field advantage, though, so they'll be coming up to see us, which is always nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like we'll be playing them or maybe a match with the Chargers. And again, that one would be, wouldn't be easy. Like their defence isn't great, but obviously they're getting all their weapons back healthy and uh, you can start you start to kind of get that uh, Burrow versus Herbert, Herbert kind of narrative going again where lots of people like to go, who's better out the two of them? And... Frankly, to be honest, I mean, I'm a Bengals fan and clearly I'll say Burrow's better. I love Herbert as well. So, you know, I would love to see a playoff matchup between the two years kind of thing. So I think, yeah, it's, playoffs for us is going to look like Miami or uh, San Diego in the first. Sorry, Ellie, not San Diego. Stu is aging himself alarmingly with comments like that. <laughs> on the multi-wine already. On the multi-wine right. already. So, right, I'm a relative. I'm a relative newbie to the the format of um, how the the playoffs actually look. And you, you mentioned the, the the wild cards. So, how does that? How does that team become one of the wild cards? Is that someone that finishes maybe second or third place, and they've maybe not got as good a um, their winning and losing record as opposed to some of the other teams. How does that work out with the wild card, Brian? Big, big one with wild cards is you are taking your division leaders from each each area, and they are you know they are through you in your division you're in, which is you know explains why you've got some things like um, you know I mean, we could potentially looking at Tampa Bay um, getting into the playoffs on a losing record or on a 500 record because their division is yeah. just that that rubbish and um, then there was that year when it was the uh, the nfc east and um, when it was horrendous and everybody was awful <laughs> but somebody still had to go through and we all complained um but once you've got that <laughs> out of the way um, you need to fill the rest of your playoff spots um, and it's then just done by uh record and then you settle tie breaks through head-to-heads and things like that and then even then some of the it's one of the things i love about the nfl when you look into it like in, in football, soccer football, you know, we always talk about how interesting it is when a league's decided by goal difference, then maybe goals for, goals against. The NFL takes this, gives it a shot of steroids and says, go for it. Because you've got <laughs> points for, points against, strength of schedule, um, average opponents, points scored, I think is one as well that creeps yeah. in if mm-hmm. you go far enough in. Um, which is brilliant madness. The strength of schedule one is something that I love as well because it sort of gets decided before the season starts, but then as the year goes on, they then need to kind of go even further with it and go, okay, cool, well, this team might be a really good team, but they lost to the Bears, so we're going to lower their efficiency a little bit more, and then it's happening at like all sides of these teams that are trying to make the playoffs, so you just end up with this, what I love, like a super convoluted tiebreak system. <laughs> There's nothing yeah. like that you can't understand to make sports. Do you know what this involves at some point? This involves a really good spreadsheet. I know that there's somebody <laughs> somewhere, a spreadsheet, there's conditional formatting, there's cells that are turning wee pastel shades. It's fantastic <laughs> for when you're a when you're an Excel loser like me who loves it. 
stuff like this is brilliant because <laughs> you just got all of these really it's convoluted the word. You know what I mean? It is, but the, the and again, it's one of the things that we love about the league. Um, they are so into the stats and all the rest of it, and there's so much numbers and maths involved in football. Hey. This is just yeah. another example of where they go right. Let's really try to to take out like freak results so that they don't artificially impact things too much. Like Stu says, you know what I mean? If you've got a hilariously high point scored, for example, but you managed to play uh, the Texans twice and, you know what I mean, you are uh, a, a matchup this weekend, you are Tennessee. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, funny enough, the, the, the Titans are going to run clean through the Texans because they do it every single time they meet and they have done for the past five million years. So the way that the league kind of does it with putting in things like strength to schedule weightings and all the rest of it helps get rid of some of the, the biases that freaky results can kind of give it, which is brilliant. And it means the so Browns the are still of, technically alive. <laughs> the strength of schedule, who decides that? How is that? Does that go with them? Um, if you're looking at all 32 teams, where that team would rank um, at any given moment, or is it at the start of the season that you're looking at? How does that well, come about? Yeah, at the, at the start of the season, when they initially do it, because you always see this like before the season begins, there'll be all these articles about, like, oh, you know, see the uh, like the Kansas City Chiefs have the easiest schedule in the league or the hardest schedule, whatever way it works out, kind of thing. And I mean, usually a team like the Kansas City Chiefs, they'll have a hard schedule. So, like, before the season, mm-hmm. we're all predicting, oh, the Chargers are going to be amazing. The Raiders are going to be amazing. The Broncos have Russell Wilson. They're also going to be amazing. So, they've got all those. Straight away, they've got six of their games are divisional against these super hard teams that they're really going to struggle with. Maybe the Chiefs' stranglehold is going to be over. Then beyond that, you have this kind of situation where if you're a better team, Usually what the NFL does is they try to schedule you against, you know, the Chiefs will play more games against like uh, the Ravens. They might Mm -hmm. play the Bengals, which they did this year. Um, The Bills, kind of, you try and have your top teams playing each other. And again, it's a way to try and have parity in the league. So, uh, you know, you're maybe not going to just have teams running away with it, even if they're really good. And the, the good teams are playing the good teams and it gives the less good teams more of a chance to do well. But of course, then the season starts. And uh, teams like the Chargers, they have a bunch of injuries. They don't do that well. The Raiders do what the Raiders do. And the Broncos, uh, dangerous, well, you know, dangerous is uh, his ride. Let's ride. Um, Let's ride. Nightmare trip run, uh, you know, the old Butlins roller coaster that used to kind of be, basically feel like it was breaking your back versus a trip to Old Town. <laughs> so, you know, you end up with that situation where now the Chiefs' strength of schedule is really easy. So if they were to end up in a tie break, so they're winning their division, so it doesn't really matter. But if they ended up in a mm-hmm. tiebreak, the the Bills, uh, who have been playing a bunch of really good teams, the Bills might eke out ahead because over the year it's corrected as the season goes ahead, and they go like, "Oh right, no, the right. losing games, so their net value goes down." If that makes sense, the oh, the Bronx, right. their value goes down. But the the strength of schedule actually at the start of the year, the Chiefs were like by by a distance had the, the, the most challenging strength of schedule. Um, it's, and it's, project, it's, it's Vegas um, odd makers that, that they base off. Mm-hmm. It's projected wins for the year ahead. Uh, Denver were exactly average. Out of, yep. of random, <laughs> just as, a, as I'm looking they at it. They would love to be absolutely average. <laughs> they would love to be bam average. <laughs> um, and yeah, you look at it, so like the, the, and, you know, read, read into this what you will. Um, the Eagles had the second easiest Projected strength of schedule. Mm. Uh, second, uh, second only to the Giants. Giants are the easiest projected one. Um, it is obviously worth throwing in, where, and it's where pre-season strength of schedule that a lot of people will see, particularly fantasy players. Uh, I know a lot of people look at it and they think, right, I might want to favour running back one over running back two because they're yeah. projected to have a better schedule ahead of them, so their year should be better. Um, yeah. But it, it is entirely projections, you know what I mean? And the ones that we get at this time of the year actually we get some stats involved and we actually put the win totals that the teams have accrued into it so that it, you know you can then adjust it. You know, I mean, if you looked up what the uh, rest of the season strength of schedule would be, it's way more accurate because we've got, you know, most of the season played now. You know, we've only got uh, three regular season games to go. So you can calculate that all in and say, well, you've only got three games to play, but the three teams you're playing have got five wins combined over the year. So yeah. you should hose them. Um but again, it's one of these things, it's, it's a great statistics. It lets you know 
how you are playing in terms of where you think your team should be. And what about yourself then, Brian? How's the the picture looking for your Browns? Right. Okay. <laughs> Here so, we go. Here we go. the paper off all the spreadsheets that you've I got. looked it up. I've been sat and uh, the, the, <laughs> you know, I'm going to go for a, a, an off-brand corporate shout-out. The wonderful people at the New York Times, other, other periodicals are available. Uh, I've got a fabulous bit up where it lets you kind of look at this. Now, it's all based on the premise that the Browns need to win out. The Browns don't win out, we're humped. Um, and to be fair, the Saints, the Commanders is a sticky one, potentially. We should be beating the Saints, I would like to think. And then last mm-hmm. week uh, against the Steelers, which I would like to think we would take the Steelers. It is at Pittsburgh, to be fair, so maybe. But on the notion that we win those, what we also need, what we need as well, this week we need the Jags to beat the Jets, the Ravens to beat the Falcons, the Bengals goes through to beat the Pats. Uh, slightly upsetting. We need the Texans to win. That might not happen. Uh, <laughs> the first, the first few games there. <laughs> you, got a few goals, you know, um, Texans. Jets, Texans. Texans. Not so much. Yeah, it doesn't get better. Uh, Steelers <laughs> need them to win. Need them to beat the Raiders. Um, Packers yeah. to beat the Dolphins, which could happen. To be fair. Um, then Colts to beat the Chargers, which again is pretty unlikely. Then we move it into next week. Again, we need the Steelers to win again. We need to be cheering for the Steelers twice in two weeks by Jove. Uh, so we need the Steelers to beat the Ravens to just knock the Ravens down a couple of pegs is really what that's after. Uh, Dolphins to beat the Patriots. Seahawks, go Keith. No. We need Seahawks to beat the Jets. The Rams to beat the Chargers. And then last week of the year, we need the Bengals and the Broncos to win. Uh, if that's what plays out based on those projections, uh, it would actually see three teams for the North. Uh, go through to the playoffs. Uh, we'd see Bengals mm-hmm. go through uh, with the, the the top of the North, King of the North, uh, then the Ravens and the Browns both going through in wild card slots at 10 and 7 and 9 and 8. Um, which, yeah. How likely is this to happen? <laughs> I'm not, not entirely sure. But uh, as, the, as the memes have told us, so you're telling me there's a chance. Yay! <laughs> Listen, if uh, if the Vikes can come back from what was it, thirty three down at half time last That's... Saturday, then then anything anything can happen, uh, especially in the NFL. But no, you've no chance, pal. Um, <laughs> yeah, sadly. That's the thing. Though, we're going into this part of the season where everybody's looking at looking at all the possibilities, and there's been so many upsets this this season. Teams that have come from absolutely nowhere they put in great performances maybe not get the the results that they, they sometimes deserved I'm talking about the Houston Texans who past couple of weeks have been giving teams real real scares and they're almost due that wee bit of luck to get a win um, Detroit Lions who were the laughing stock last season and have really turned the, the that franchise around the way that they're playing is get people excited another um, off season and then maybe next year they'll be doing some things and maybe not quite getting far, but they'll be getting some big results. My team, the Seattle Seahawks, we've only got a twenty four percent chance of getting the wild card. According to the, as you said, we're looking uh, at the the New York out, Times. When out, you go up to ninety eight. Very much in your hands. But Gino, Gino's, Gino's not been cooking for a while. He's, um, <laughs> uh, he's off oh, the Gino. boil. He is. He is. Uh, the, once um, Kenneth Walker um, got that injury, things started to, to go wrong. We've not really been firing in all cylinders like we had been at different points. Gino's still terrific, but it just it, it's starting to fizzle, and it's fizzled that wee bit too soon for it to carry on and to, to get us into the, the playoffs. So, uh, oh, to get the wild card. I'll put this question to you, Keith. So your three, your three, you've got left at the Chiefs. Then you've got the Jets and the Rams coming to you. With your putting your your honest, your honest football head on, taking your your heart out of the equation. How many of those do you reckon you walk away with the dub? How many do you reckon you walk away with a win? Going by the form just now, then I'm thinking probably one, and it'd be the the Rams game. But right. then you've got. The season would be done by then, and that would be not necessarily. To... But if the Chiefs beat us and if the Jets yeah. beat us, then it'll be on a bit of a downer going into that last game. People don't really 
I know we've got an amazing crowd, um, but I don't I don't see it getting everybody up for that last game against the Rams. See if we could we can make a good showing of ourselves against the Chiefs, which many teams have done in the past couple of weeks. And I think we we get points. That's the thing. It's just being able to see it out. The Jets, certainly, I think there's a chance we can do something there. You know, here's, um, a, here's a philosophical one for you. As I've just ran this really quickly, and I won't go through the full thing so it would take too long. Go for it. But there, there is a universe out there where you finish the season eight and nine, you only win that last game, and you still make the playoffs. That it's universe exists. Massive. Now, there's a philosophical question there of should a team with a losing record get into the postseason? Um, yeah. but, <laughs> well, well, you know what? It'll happen at some point, Brian, because uh, yeah. it's going to be the... <laughs> it's going to be the... <laughs> So, um, what about your other team, though, Keith? Because I was just having a quick look at the, the, the Which one? The Packers. You know, so Green Bay Packers. Go for it, go for it. I was going. I was just going to say that I, 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 I'm, I'm a Seahawks fan. That's my team, right? I just like wearing the green, right? That's, that's more to do with me being a Celtic fan than anything else. But then I come on the pod ready to go for this tonight, and I've got my Packers jersey on ready for it. It's getting roasting in the room. I take it off. I've got my Seahawks. Grant will have an absolute field day at that. Um, go for it. Tell us what's the, the chances of Aaron Rodgers Packers with um, the good watching that's uh, starting to, to turn up um, and make a real difference to the, that side. Right, so if they went if they went out, so they're uh, scheduled to end the year is at the Dolphins, um, then Vikings, Packers at home, then the Packers are at home again to the Mighty Lions. If they win those three games, their chance of making the playoffs is four percent. That's without making or doing anything and putting in other games or whatever. But that that's pretty strong. But um, obviously, if we change and say they lose to the Dolphins this week. And win those other two games, it drops to five percent. So I would say for the Packers this week is probably a must-win game. So I'm going to ask you, Keith, do you think the Packers have it in them with all the sputtering play that's got a little bit better, better of late? Mm-hmm. Um, do you have it in them to beat the Dolphins, who have lost a bunch of games on the bounce now, but still look pretty good even when losing? Yeah, like you say, but the Dolphins are still again getting plenty of points. Run games a wee bit banged up just now, but they're still, um, they're still, a, they're still a threat there. I, I'm personally, I would, I would edge with the the Dolphins, and if the Dolphins were to win, but the Packers to win their last two games, I think it's down to only a three percent chance to get in the wild card. It just means that this weekend is such a massive weekend for so many teams. Um, the Packers really, really do need to to win, which means it's just going to be incredible entertainment for all of us. I think. Is Aaron Rodgers really got it in him this season mm. to to raise his game and to carry that team forward? It was a big win last week um, against the the Rams they were playing, wasn't it? But no, I, yeah. I think this will be a, a Dolphins who, in the freezing cold of a uh, Buffalo, they put in an incredible performance. They showed that the they can play outside their comfort zone, so it doesn't have to just be warm climates for them. They're a, they're a team to be reckoned with. They're on the up, and I think it'll be a Dolphins win this weekend, which will just condemn the, the Packers to the season that they've really deserved, if you look at it, the way that they've played and the the losses that they've had. What do you think? Yeah. I would agree with that as well. Like That's kind of my stance on it too. Is like um, Rodgers, I never like to rule them out, but the Packers, even in the win with the Rams... It's the Rams, and it's more about the running game than anything. And mm-hmm. for large parts of that Bills game, the Dolphins' defense like did pretty well to kind of bottle up the Bills' running game. It was just it was really when the snow started falling at the end, and the, the Bills been yeah. one kind of superhero mode, or Josh Allen turned into a superhero. Josh Allen turned into Josh Allen. Aye, he was just <laughs> like, hey, I almost fine. I'm going to be able to throw it right up the middle of a bullet or just charge. And be a fast cousins, as I said the other days. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> I like the idea that Josh Allen does actually just go charge and runs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't say eight charge. Ball goes to him and then off he runs, and the defense can't do anything to stop him. 
Although, well, there's your bit. So, just to pitch in the Green Bay one, there's your big one for the weekend with the Green Bay. Aaron Jones is still carrying that questionable tag. Mm. He's still limited. He did practice today, to be fair. He did practice, but he was limited again. And that's been a big thing with the Dolphins all year, that Rundy, or lack thereof, a Rundy. Um, he plays totally different animal. It's like Stu says, you don't rule Aaron Rodgers out. You know what I mean? Yes, he has had a howler of a year. Um, he's not been great. He's not done Aaron Rodgers things. He's had issues at Green Bay. You know what I mean? Well, no, yeah. Green Bay, wide receiver position particularly. They've had, they've had uh, positional issues in other parts of the team as well. But they've not been Green Bay as anybody would reasonably recognise them. But they're still in the hunt. You know what I mean? That's, and it's like you said, Keith, this is one of the reasons this weekend's so great. There's only five teams that aren't playing for anything. You know, we've only three weeks yeah. to go of the season and we have got uh, quick math, 27 teams who uh, <laughs> are still playing for a, a potential shot in the postseason. Uh, lots to look forward to. Another, actually, just while I, I remember, another bit of news on the backers as well was earlier this week, the, actually before that Rams game, they cut Sammy Watkins and uh, he was picked mm-hmm. by four Ravens who have also had trouble at uh, wide receiver because I think there was something mm-hmm. we were talking about on as well with how many wide receiving tu- or wide receiver touchdowns have the Baltimore Ravens had? Things you can count in one hand. Yeah, have you still got that up there, Brian? Yeah, I've got it. I've got it right here. Does anybody want to take a punt? Just give me a week number. When do you reckon the last time a Ravens wide receiver uh, scored a, a scored a receiving touchdown? So we're not. I think there is one in there where it's like a wide receiver and a sneaky rush play. Uh, but a wide right, receiver so going, with a, a receiving touchdown. Week. Which week? Going into week 16. I think it's going to be week week 11. They've just come off the bye. Um, okay. That's a per- got perfectly to, reasonable. They've got to have got it there. What do you reckon, Stu? <sighs> the AFC North rival competing with you for the, the top of the tree. When was the last time one of their, their core of very talented wide receivers caught a receiving touchdown? Uh, when was their bye again? Let's see. Week 10, week 10 bye. I'm gonna say week seven. The last time, mm. uh, the last time a Baltimore Ravens wide receiver caught a touchdown was drum roll, please. Week three, Devin Duvernay. <laughs> they have had a total, a total of six, six receiving touchdowns. To Baltimore wide receivers. Duvernay's at three, he get two in week one, one in week three. Bateman's get two, one in week one, one in week two. And then Robinson, who I would need to Google Robinson's first name um, because he's like their wide receiver four or something. <laughs> he's not even their wide receiver three. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the, 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 the Ravens receiving core has not been in um, vintage form, I think it's fair to say. Again, it's a unit that struggled with injuries. Bateman's been out most of the year. And he is, you know, theoretically their, their wide receiver one. But, um, yeah, it's not been vintage. Duvernay is also that... a foot injury as well. I will say that. That was one of the reasons they picked up Sammy Watkins, who obviously used to play for them, so he knows the system. Knows the book, knows the system. Knows Lamar when he so, comes back. Is that is that more injuries, or is that down to the, the play calling from the offensive coordinator? Because if you're going from week three... And not being able to get a, a touchdown for any of your wide receivers. I'm not sure if the the tight end's been bearing the brunt of the the load for that. That seems that seems that seems an awful long time to go without uh, horrible season. What are they five and nine um, so far in the season? So they've they've struggled mightily this year. The, it's Absolutely. for me. It's a kind of combination of play calling. Um, but, do you know, see, even then, I'm saying play calling as if that's the big thing. But the 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 Ravens have made a serious, right. serious effort this year to get Lamar thrown more because they were really, really keen on moving away from this. Oh, he's not a quarterback. Yeah. He's a running back who throws it occasionally. You know, they hate that narrative. They don't want to see it. Um, and you know what I mean? He's, so I see when I say this. So Lamar is sitting on, again, I'm going to do this really, really quickly. One, two, four. Six, seven, uh, call it 15 to 15 or 16 touchdowns uh, thrown on the year, passing touchdowns. 
Um, so, you know, it's not like he's not throwing touchdowns. He's not to his wide receivers. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of these, I can't say I've watched masses of Ravens football this year, um, but a lot of these things, they are going to be short yardage touchdowns, dump-offs, um, just things where these wide receivers are either hurt, they're not getting into space, they're getting doubled, what have you, um, and he's just not getting what he needs out of them. So he's doing a lot of it with his legs. It yeah. sounds as if the, the the team are not want to have him being the the running quarterback so that they don't have to pay him this, what was it, 150 million a year that he's looking for? Oh, They're not wanting to pay. The the worry that they have is that he's going to look for um, Watson money. That That's mm. the chat. You know I mean? The chat is that, you know, he's the, and it's what's going to be happening across the league. It's one of the reasons why, and we obviously we're not going to take it's been done we've done it to death even on the pod the, the whole situation about Watson and everything else um, but we know that owners around the league were really unhappy with the Cleveland ownership for the Watson contract purely because they know what that's going to do to the quarterback market going forwards um, that's just you know, Brian Brian thank you very much because uh, Joe Burrow is due to come out of yeah. his rookie to sign a deal so of course yes Going to point to Cleveland and say that guy's on a quarter of a billion dollars guaranteed. We're, cl- we're clearly going to we're clearly going to walk with a giant bag of money, uh, money and hand it to Burrow as well because he took a Super Bowl with half a leg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he that guy's most of his limbs. Yeah, so he's going to be playing. But uh, you're right. Like for Lamar, though, um, I think money. Like whether he's a running quarterback or not, like I actually don't mind Lamar's arm, and he's a hell of an athlete. When he's healthy, and you know, to be fair to him, I give him huge props for actually playing this year because there were some people before the season saying, you know what, he doesn't Don't have bag. that, he doesn't have that guaranteed bag, so maybe he should sit out because anything can happen. What if he gets in? You know, mm-hmm. look at Ted Edgewater. He played when he didn't have the new deal signed, and it's like he could have yeah. pushed for that. And then freak training accident, guy's career's never been the same. Kind of thing is, Teddy was. He was meant to be one of the top quarterbacks coming through, and he did look it before that horrible, horrible injury a few years back. So I'll say this, and I'll leave it here uh, with, with this one, just so we can we can keep things rolling. Um, but the I, I like Lamar a lot as a player. I, I you know, I say I don't watch masses of Ravens football. Um, they stole our team. Um, insert <laughs> bitter Cleveland comment here. Um, but when you do watch him, he's great fun to watch. He is an athlete. He's a brilliant player. Uh, I would not pay him in a million years. He is a running QB. Huge amount of his game comes from his running ability. And he is going to have a short by quarterback standards um, career. You know what I mean? He is not going to Tom Brady it. He ain't going to be playing in his 40s. It's never going to get there if you sign up to a lot of money to him, which is what he's due. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. He really does. But you are stuck carrying a can there that you are. it's going to bite you at one point. Hold on a minute, here, Brian. Yes. We're talking the ultimate can carriers in the Cleveland. Exactly. Game. I speak. I speak from a position of authority. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I know how it feels. Questionable, uh, questionable kind of personal life, and uh, you signed him up for years. A huge <laughs> amount of money. So, I'm brother of Lamar, but it's, it's Cleveland questionable personal life is mandatory in the signing policy, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so let's stick with the NFC just now. Then in the hunt for those uh, playoff places just now. You've got the Bengals, but pretty confident the Bengals will get that that spot. Um, Tennessee Titans at four, Ravens at five, Chargers are at six, Um, Eckler really coming on to a a game just now, and Herbert starting to to shine once again. And we've got the Miami Dolphins at seven, started off really strong in the season, but started to slip in the past, um, past month or so. Do we think that that'll be how it'll finish? Those five will stay in the hunt on the, the cusp of that. You've got the Patriots, the Jets, and the Jaguars. Um, how many ways can we say Jaguars in one show? Jaguars, <laughs> uh, I, I actually have them stepping ahead of the Titans and taking that AFC South title. Yep. Mm. And I think they're their fourth spot. They are playing better football. The Titans are banged up. Tannehill's ankle went last week. But not, it was sad to see him go out because Tannehill I actually have a lot of time for um, the Titans have never really given him all that much and then they took even more weapons away this summer when they got rid of AJ Brown and never really replaced him uh, and Tannehill just seems to go about his business and get things done and pretty pretty sad to see him getting carted off and then he came back out 
And he played on with like half his leg and he actually rushed a touchdown with knee ankle. But they're saying he might not play this week. I think, uh, Keith, I don't know if you've got that in the injury report, but all there with, with Tannehill, he might be out and they're on to quarterback three or something as well for the Titans on the year. So uh, I'm pretty sure they are. I'm sure I saw something on Twitter today saying um, to that effect. I can't remember who it is that the, that's going to be playing, but it sounds like Tannehill will be, will be out. Yeah, let's just check that to be sure so we're not doing a Danny here. Uh, well, when we're doing corrections, then I, I should correct that, um, I say, that the, the, five the Ravens had a 5-9. had a 5-9. The 5-9 <laughs> oh, yeah. record. They've actually got a 9-5. I was looking at the wrong part nah, of the draft. Nah, I, 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 the I, prefer your narrative. I prefer your narrative where the Ravens are 5-9. Can, can we elect well, to make that the truth? Yeah, Malik, Battle of the big birds that they're playing this week with the Falcons. It's Falcons themselves that have got the five and nine record. That is quite impressive then for the Ravens with their injuries that they've had. They've still got such a quite a, a quite a good a winning record there. And they should make the playoffs. Uh, yeah, so Tannehill is definitely out. Malik Willis starting for the Titans. Um, it is against the Texans, as we mentioned earlier, and obviously Henry loves to have a field day against them. But the Texans have looked better the last few weeks. So Absolutely. I've actually taken in our predictions as a Texans win, and that's part of my... Bold. Elon, and Zay Jones are going to be making it to the playoffs. Narrative. Mon the Jaguars, Jaguars, Jaguars. Tell you, that's got to be up there for uh, just division of the, of the kind of year in terms of end-of-season finale potential. So it would right. Other than Stu, sensible human beings would say that the Titans, even if they decided to give me a phone call and put me in at quarterback, um, are gonna run clean over the Texans because they always run clean over the Texans. Next week, Cowboys, you would probably back Cowboys to beat the Titans. Then you mm -hmm. look at the Jags, so that leaves the, the Texans sitting on oh, sorry, the Titans rather sitting on eight and eight. Uh you look then at the the Jags. If they can beat the Jets this week, that brings them up to seven and eight. Then they've got the Texans next week. So you would probably say that's going to be eight and eight. And then what is last game of the year at the Titans? Oh, delicious. Could have last game of the season uh, title, uh, title decider. You can't, can't ask for better than that. That's fine. It, we need that. Yeah. And that, wait, oh, I see that though. Do we think eight and eight will be enough to get you a wild card slot? Eight and eight gets you a wild card slot, it turns into a dead duck because then they'd both begin through. But mm. still, it's potentially well, they, an absolute cracker. But they'd be finishing eight and nine, and the problem is, oh. is the, Browns, the Browns will be nine and eight because they're gonna oh. win their last games, Brian. I was gonna so win then, all of by, by record breaking scores. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone and the as you say, thanks for correcting me. The AFC um that we think is going to sneak it. So yours, you're going for the, the Jacksonville Jaguars there. Going out <laughs> making an absolute arse of that now. Um the Jags are they going to sneak in? Jags. We just don't call it the Celtic Thistle. Jags. <laughs> I think like it. Um only the other Jackson one for me. Rags. The, the only one only other one for me I could see and like it depends on this week. Um, I am going to just go for whoever wins this week between the Jets and the Jaguars uh, mm -hmm. is playoff bound. And I'm yeah. going to make a call that they will replace probably. I don't know. I, I just I, I don't know. I'm just it's a feeling in my feeling in my water, feeling in my gut that they'll be they'll be replacing somebody. The Finns, as much as they've been playing good football, they've been finding creative ways to lose games. Um, and that's always a bad thing to watch happen to your team. You know what I mean? You put yourself in a great spot and you still walk away a loser. That's a worrying thing to happen. Um, Chargers, I genuinely really, really surprised the Chargers are 8-6. Like, really, really surprised that the Chargers are 8-6. Every time I've seen anything of the Chargers this year, I've been so, so underwhelmed. So when Stu was saying earlier, the big comparison between Burrow and Herbert, who's the better quarterback? If anybody's still seriously having that conversation with themselves, they need to have a word. You know, Burrow is, in every metric, the better quarterback. Stu, enjoy this moment. It will never happen again. Why is dropping, like, all these massive bombs today? Like, just, like, bold statements. Uh, I'm enjoying I this. I stand by it. 
It's a Christmas minute. It's like the drunk uncle at Christmas. They... <laughs> <laughs> right, that's it. Next, we're going to talk about immigration you... and Brexit. He <laughs> <laughs> only tells you that he loves you once a year, and this is this is it. Um, uh, this really is um, for the Dolphins. It's a team that I've enjoyed watching. Big fan of tours. Um, it's been a wee bit worrying the slide that they've been on, and I think this is a real, probably the biggest test of uh, Mike McDaniel's career so far as a head coach. If he can get them out of this slump, and it, it looks as if the players have bought in because you saw the performance that they they did against the Buffalo Bills. I think they're going to they're going to start that by winning. Um, at home to the, the Packers this weekend. Um, and then I think they're just going to solidify their place. I think you're right. Titans will possibly drop out and the Jags are going to, to sneak in there. I think that. But pretty much the rest looks looks pretty secure. Bengals, um, Jags, Ravens, Chargers and the Fins to complete the AFC. What about the NFC then? Let's move on to there. Already can we've I, got... Can I, can I just be bold and... Just straight in, straight away with my bold one, just because I'm, I'm trying to will this into existence rather than go on any then. actual go on statistical then. analysis. Lions are making it. Lions, <laughs> Lions are getting in. Lions are getting one of those spots. Uh, I don't know who they're who they're beating it to, but the Lions, Jared Goff is going to lead the Lions to the promised land. They're going to erect a fifty foot statue of him in Detroit. <laughs> it is going to be magical, um, and somehow they're going to join. They're going to join then, uh, who have already clinched that a playoff space. That's the Eagles, Vikings, yeah. 49ers, and Cowboys. That's that's pretty elite there already. Lions are just on the bubble. They are on the outside looking in. And the hunt just now, we've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, New York Giants, and the Washington Commanders. Seahawks, Lions, Packers, Panthers. Everybody's really got a chance of getting in there. Saints, yeah. even. Keith, the thing is, is the NFC South, um, the wild thing with that is that's where everybody's still on the hunt because right now the Bucs are winning that division. So they, <laughs> Six and eight. Six and eight. What's the record of all the other teams in the division? Five, Five and nine. Five and nine. <laughs> <laughs> those teams could, you know, they could make it still. So you've, you've got this kind of situation where Bucks and Panthers, like uh, I think the Panthers have the tie break on the Falcons and the Saints for games played so far, so they, they have a much greater mm-hmm. chance why they're sitting second in the division, and that's when those tie break things start coming in again. Um, I'm with Brian when saying that I think the Lions make it, and I think they either make it at the expense of maybe maybe the Seahawks, um, or maybe the Giants if things go horribly wrong there. I do want to see one of the Giants or the Commanders make it, though, by virtue of having that tie, though. Like, I want to see them finish 8-8-1, eight, eight, something at the end of that. <laughs> Sitting there, there's, like, 8-9 or something. Like, oh, the tie, it did it. <laughs> it kept the winner. So, yeah. One of the interesting things I found, though, about the NFC is just in terms of who's clinched so far. So, obviously, the Vikings have won their division. Um yeah. I think the Niners have won their division. So Niners 10-4, division's done, can't be passed now uh, by virtue of head-to-heads and things. Vikings 11-3. Now you've got the Eagles 13-1. They're in the playoffs. Punch this weekend. I think all they need to do is tie or have the Cowboys lose and then or the Jet. Yeah, I think Cowboys. Yeah. No, no, no. It was like it's the Giants. I'm just reading it there. If the Giants lose, no matter what the Eagles do, they win their division as well. And I think they also clinch uh, clinch the whole. Uh, yeah, was, yeah they clinch they uh, the whole conference. Yeah, they'll clinch the whole conference, but they haven't actually clinched their division yet, which I, I love about the NFL. It's another peculiarity of uh, somehow it's not happened. <laughs> but these yeah. other two the, teams have done it. <laughs> both the Eagles and the Cowboys have a divisional record of three and one, so. Um, you can see that it's quite tight in there as it is already. So to see both have already qualified for that, aye, lines I would like to see. Uh, lines have just been, as everybody says all season, they've been fun to watch. Um, I, I think they've been a wee bit uh, hampered by injuries again. Um, whether that they, they can get that we run going again uh, to finish off the season as strong as they've they've looked at different points, I, I'd love to see Goff doing it. It would be 
it'd be testament to the togetherness of the team that they've got. Um, and I would love to, that would be a, one of the, the good luck stories and the good, the, the happy stories, especially after being on the, what was it, the, the Flying the World documentary that's on at the start of the year. Hard Knocks. Oh, yes, yep. Hard Knocks. Yeah. Everybody loved watching them. Um, I, I'd like to see the lines, but maybe not at the expense of my beloved Seahawks. Um, Bucks, Giants and Commanders. Who's any one of them secure? Nah. I don't well, think there is. Nah. I'm going to say Bucks are going to go through um, just because the rest of the division is so bad. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to be bold. I'm going to say they are going to be the team that goes through on a losing record. I'm going to say they're going to go through sub-500. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say they go through eight and nine. And then I'm going to say, unfortunately, and again, I I quite like this team just because they were so horrendous uh, last year's season before the Commanders. were so bad like a year ago. They were the, the league whipping boy. Uh, and they've mm-hmm. came on really well this year. You know what I mean? There's lots of bits going on. Everybody loves the the kind of the, the almost fairy tale-esque story with Brian Robinson coming back for, you know, getting shot earlier on the year to yeah. play in the same season and to play at a really high standard as well. Um, but I, sadly, it's them that I see making way. Um, you know, I mean, just looking at the schedules for the rest of the year, Giants have got, what, Vikes, the Colts and the Eagles. They've got the Eagles last week of the season where, let's be honest, Eagles are not going to play anybody who's a starter then. There'll be no need. So Giants are going to win two of the three of those. Commanders yeah. have got 49ers, Browns and then the Cowboys. Again, they might get a bit lucky with the Cowboys, but the Niners, um, I don't see letting up. Not this week anyway. I think it's too early for teams to start really letting up. We will Although, not be letting up. Brian, I mean, I will say, though, the Niners, the one thing with them, though, is they've already won their division. And so they're already in. Or I think they mm-hmm. are. Sure yeah, no, they are. They're, they're, they're clenched. They're the amount of injuries that they've had, are they, and it's every single year with the Niners, they just seem to, they need to change the pitch or something like that. They've got a, the equivalent of Rugby Park, apparently. But they have so many injuries that I could see the Niners starting to kind of ease up a little bit in terms of playing minutes, maybe for McCarthy, who has a bit of any injury already. He's been nursing it, but still putting up I, points. Hi, hi, hi on a minute, Stu. Are you about to tell us that Christian McCaffrey has some form of lingering injury. You're meant to have all the listeners sit down before you release, unleash such <laughs> such breaking news bombshells like that. Yeah. Um, no, I, I get you. I, I do get that. But then you look at those those two run-ins and you yeah. compare that to the Lions who have got the Panthers, the Bears and the Packers. Um, yeah. And yes, you said, yeah, never, never count out Rogers, blah, 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 blah. Um, but still, that is by far and away the easiest of those three schedules. You're going to say which one of those teams is going to win three. It's going to be the Lions. Um, and if the Lions take three, they're going to they're going to pull ahead of the Commanders. Thank because I of think, that draw. I think this weekend is going to be the massive, massive because if you look at the games, the the one I'm really looking forward to seeing is the Carolina Panthers. Versus the Detroit Lions, it's um, it's it's going to be it's going to be entertaining. That one there, Panthers have then travelling to the Bucks after that, so momentum is going to be massive if they can win, um, that one against the Lions, um, then it really projects them forward. Let's finish up then, then guys. In the hunt, we've got just now we've got Buccaneers, Giants, and Commanders. We reckon just because of the state of their their, their divisional um, league, it'll be the Buccaneers going through there, maybe yep. possibly the the Carolina Panthers sneaking it, but I think it'll be the Bucs, Tom Brady and the, the squad there will do enough to get through who's joining them in 6 and 7 G-Men and Lions G-Men and Lions for me yeah I'm going Lions and You know what? I'm going to annoy Murdo. I think the Giants are also going to screw up and they're going to be out. I think it's going to be the Seahawks. Whoa, I think yes. Good man, good man. Stu will be getting overtime next month as well. Just uh, <laughs> looking forward to that. We have time now, gentlemen, for our fantasy pick six. We've got to choose one stud and one sleeper. Um, go through all the, the main positions here. So we'll start with quarterback, then running back, wide receiver, deadliest D, 
tight end and finally finishing with the most important role of the team, the kicker. Um, I'll kick us off this time um, and I'm going to go Nobody. for our top QB. Oh, you're going to love this, Joe. You're going to love this. It's, it's going to be Burrow. Burrow. What? Up against, <laughs> up against um, Mike Jones, who crumples under pressure, as we saw uh, last weekend when the Raiders got the ball and he just got slammed into the, the turf. I think um, your beloved Bengals are going to, to, to... They're going to run right this weekend. They're going to put up big scores and then Burrow's going to be your, your stud of the week. For the for the sleeper of the week, and I think we we love a, a hard luck story at the the crew. I think that's why we all love Baker so much. But it's probably one man that, that exceeds all expectations whenever it comes to hard luck stories. But as a real character off the field and everything, I think we all aspire to be. And that would be Gardner Minshew. Um, Gardner Minshew. The shoe. The shoe. <laughs> They shoot um, Stepman at the Eagles um, up against the Cowboys this weekend. Uh, I think that's a, a fairy tale that's that's going to take and clinch um, the division for the Eagles. And it couldn't happen to a, a, a nicer, more handsome, more uh, in touch with the world around them uh, guy. So I'm, I'm delighted for him. He seems to be really, really well respected at the Eagles. The, the team all like him. Um, he is a leader. I was reading that the the team were saying today that um, he's not just a wee comedy figure. He actually can do this, and he knows the the playbook, and he knows what is expected there. He's got good surroundings. I think this will be a a big score for Minshew this weekend. Brian, I'm coming to you for the running back. Then, who is your stud this week? Right, I'm gonna do. I'm, I'm going to be a, a slight cheat, and I'm going to cop out and throw one out first and quick and move on. Henry is going to feast. He's playing the Texans. Henry always eats the Texans. He will be a stud. Lock him in your fantasy lineups, even as if you were thinking not of doing that. Um, but a more interesting stud, um, I am going to go a, a wee bit um, out there for one that I wouldn't think many would see coming. I'm going to go with J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins mm. is going to absolutely feast this week. Um, the Ravens, we know Lamar's out. Um, or well, we highly suspect that Lamar is likely to be out. Um, so they, there's been all sorts of chat about who are they going to start at quarterback, which would lead us to believe they will lean more heavily on the run. Um, and it's not like the Falcons have been anything to write home about this year. Uh, so I'm going to go with J.K. Dobbins as my stud for the week. And then mm. as much as much as this pains me to say, <laughs> a man who... Is a stud is a stud running back. He is an absolute stud. Um, although this year he is not having the most studly of years. I know fine well. I have him at flex. Uh, <laughs> Alvin Kamara. Uh, Alvin oh. Kamara is my sleeper of the week up against the Browns. Earl Rundy has been an absolute Jekyll and Hyde act, and far more often than not, it has been uh, Jekyll and no Hyde. Uh, well, yeah, Earl Rundy has been absent so often this year. Um, so yeah, I can see Kamara having a day uh, and absolutely ripping one through us. Fantastic. Stu, top wide receivers from yourself. Okay, top wide receivers, uh, just similar to what Brian just did with Henry, I am going to immediately throw out the obvious options like Jefferson and Chase um, and Diggs, etc. from the Bills. Uh, I will yeah. go with the Cincinnati Bengal, be a complete homer though, and say <laughs> that or I've been sitting here scrolling the schedule, thinking really, really hard about this for almost the entire show. Key Higgins, I think he's going to be the stud of the week yeah. against the Pats. I can see him putting up big numbers and getting a few a few touchdowns because, you know, that nice big target, good hands, good legs, and he's healthy again, supposedly. So we'll see I how that goes. Higgins, <laughs> I had T. Higgins typed in before he even started talking. I could tell you were going there. Um, yes. What about your sleeper then, buddy? Sleeper, another AFC North wide receiver. Um, I'm actually going to go with... Uh, somebody from that Saints game as well and I'm going with a Cleveland Brown I am going to go with people because I feel like Watson looked a lot better for the Browns last week as a quarterback um, and I feel like he's going to be chucking the ball even more against the Saints and he'll be throwing that ball to people's Jones and not Amari Cooper because I need Amari Cooper to ball out in fantasy so that I can make the fight <laughs> <laughs> with people's Jones oh, just to 
I can see that. So you're going a wee bit um, against the grain there, not to attempt the the the, the gods there. Um, Deadly Steve, back to me. I'm going to go for a, a defence that have been strong all year. They've had to be because their offence have been so timid and weak and um, they have not rode at all this year. I'm going to go for the Denver Broncos for my stud um, D this week. <laughs> um, for my sleeper. For my sleeper, I'm going to go for the Steelers um, tonight. Mm. Oh, not tonight. This what? weekend, uh, Steelers <laughs> up against the Raiders on Sunday. That's the the early morning game on Sunday, Christmas morning. I hope the we, we man's up early for their their Christmas present, so I can get to watch that. Um, yeah, I'm going to go for Steelers for my sleepers there. Um, well, back to you, Brian. Yeah. A lot of AFC North uh, love this week. I'll point out. <laughs> right, well, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna move away for the AFC North. Uh, gonna move away for for our uh, stud and sleeper uh, tight ends of the week. Uh, I am for my stud. Uh, gonna you know I'm not gonna be a complete cop out merchant and say Kelsey, um, but no, I'm gonna be a, a half a cop out <laughs> merchant. Um, I am gonna go with Kettle. Uh, I see the man mm-hmm. Kettle. He has been getting better and better. He's not. Again, it's why I hate tight ends in fantasy. They're so because the the job of the tight end is so varied. It's not just about catching passes. Um, but Kittle's been doing a lot of the the kind of in the trenches work. He's not really been as big in the, the passing game as he has been in previous years. But against the Commanders, I can see him absolutely balling out. Uh, for my sleeper at the tight end position this week, I'm going to go with it will be Christmas Eve, babe, in the drunk tank, and it will be a fairy tale in New Jersey. Uh, for Evan Ingram. Uh, Evan Ingram, uh, going to go out with the Jags. He has been coming on to some absolute form recently. Um, he's just getting a lot more comfortable. Trevor's been playing a lot better as the seasons went on and on and on, uh, and he's really been utilising him. So, yeah, Evan Ingram, sleeper. Nice pick. Fantastic. That's the, the, the highlight of the week. I know it is for you, Stuart. It is for the rest of us as well. Who's the, the top kickers this weekend? Okay, so top kicker I found pretty easy this week. Uh, usually I find this very, very hard, but I'm going to go with Robbie Gould from the 49ers uh, this week. They are playing against the Commanders, and I just, uh, since San Francisco, I just feel like there's going to be a bit more kicking. Um, that partly plays into what I was earlier about how the Niners, I feel like they might rest up a little, so they're going to be less aggressive in going for things. I feel like they could be... And also the commander's defence is pretty good. So I feel like the Niners might stall out a little bit. So there's going to be a few field mm-hmm. goal attempts. So for me, Robbie Gould, he's going to be kicking a whole bunch. And then... Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, for my, uh, for my sweeper pick of the week, uh, I'm going to go with the Denver Broncos, Brandon McManus. He is kicking in the Sophie Stadium this weekend as well. And I always like a dome because that makes things a little bit easier for kickers sometimes. And uh, McManus... I feel like, again, same kind of thing. It's two sort of not very good offensive teams that have decent defences going against each other. So I feel like kickers are going to be pretty prominent in this game overall, but I'm taking Brandon McManus to be the one that comes out on top. Fantastic. There we go. So, um, Brandon McManus, I've got him in my own fantasy team, so hopefully you are absolutely right there and it balls out. Guys, this has been fantastic. Um brings to a close then. Thanks very much for listening everyone. I hope you have enjoyed this week's preview of week 16. Um, if you have, you can follow us on Twitter at gridirncrew, I-R-N-C-R-U for Iron Crew. Um, get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to get your questions to put to the crew members and any points that you may have as well. Um, Danny will be back on Wednesday morning with the review crew. Might be Tuesday morning. We'll check and see uh, if we can get it to you a wee bit earlier um, going forward. But we'll we'll certainly have a wee look at that. And that will be for week 16. Stu, I've had a wonderful time with you as always. Thanks very much. Hi. Well, Merry Christmas to you and your family. And I hope you're enjoying your turkey and your ham and your chipolatas, uh, your pigs and blankets. <laughs> and I'll be enjoying my gravy. It's all gravy with you, Stuart. It's all gravy. Brian, um, I hope you and your family as well. Stuart, you too. Have a wonderful um, Christmas and happy Hanukkah as well to everyone that's listening. Um, Brian, have a great time. Thanks very much. I've really enjoyed tonight, mate. Thank you very much, mate. It's been a blast. As you say, 
Mate, everybody have a fantastic time over the holidays. Eat too much, drink too much, have too much fun, do things that you look back on and go, oh, I really shouldn't have done that. Uh, because that is what the holidays are for, folks. And enjoy the football, because it is going to be a good one. Big, big weekend. Lots of things are getting settled this weekend. Can't wait. Fantastic. Mind get in touch with the crew at Grid Iron Crew. And we will speak to you next week. Bye.